Welcome to the MMA Geeks podcast where your friend of mine, Nick Braccia, and myself, Stan Jarive, are going to break down the upcoming UFC on ESPN2, uh, Gaethje versus Barboza. We're also going to cover some of the current MMA news that's uh, going about in the last week or so. And we're, of course, going to go over last week's card in which uh, we did not necessarily do all that great, Nick. No, we didn't. We had all the same picks for the first time, and we got a lot of uh, the undercard. Right. Um, there were some competitive ones in there that could have gone um, either way. We, correct, we correctly picked um, Jordan Espinosa. We correctly picked Chris Gutierrez. Poor Ryan McDonald. I had. I thought I had. Sh- did I have shots? No, him? you did not. You both had Espinosa. We did. Okay. Um, we both picked. The first big surprise was um, was Ren and Marcos looked way more aggressive. Blew through Angela Hill. Way more aggressive uh, than she has in a long while. Yeah. Um, and he had just didn't have anything uh, for her once she once she was on top of her. It was like almost some Damian Maya style um, control. I was talking to someone about this bout beforehand, and what was said to me was the ground disparity is much bigger than the stand up disparity. So I'm picking Randy Marcos. Yeah, and uh, and that's what this other person said because I had Angela Hill uh, by a, by a competitive decision. Yeah, Marcos is a firebrand in that first round. She tends to not do nearly as well in the second or third rounds as I think we're going to discuss later as one of her opponents is fighting tonight. Um, and yeah, like Randa Marcos is on a different level on the ground from Angela Hill, even though Angela Hill uh, is, is very serious standing up. Yeah. She was able to take her down so and do whatever she wanted. We got that one very wrong. The next one we only got a little bit wrong. Um, Davis versus Because like Marcos, Maya, uh, Maya seemed... Uh, much more aggressive, much fitter than she did in her previous um, her previous bout. Um, her cardio was great. Her punches seemed like they had a lot more pop than they did against Liz Carmouche. I agree. Um, she just looks she just looks stronger, and uh, it was a it was a close fight. It was a very close fight, and Davis fought pretty well. Yeah, I actually um, thought Davis took the second and third, but I competitive took, rounds. I thought she definitely took the second, and I thought the third was was close. That was a, that was really the deciding the third factor. Third was the deciding factor. I agree. Um, so we weren't so much. I mean, Maya looked a lot better. That than one I could have gone either way, even with the it way could that have the gone fight went. So, um, so, but that so, said, Maya did look like a contender, uh, whereas in her fight against Carmouche, she looked like someone who who, uh, who was a, who was the victim of, of a big gap between uh, Invicta um, and the UFC. She did not look uh, as good in that Carmouche fight as she did in a competitive bout with Roxanne Mataferi. And I mean, Carmouche is a is a big strong fighter, but I but she's not as um, I don't think she's as technically proficient as Alexis Davis is. Carmouche is, yeah, way more athletic than Alexis and not not nearly as technical on the ground. Probably has better wrestling. Um, and I would say probably hits harder, but Alexis Davis yeah. is pretty busy. Um, yeah. so, so next up we've got Vera and Frankie Sainz. You and this. I both picked Sainz for his, uh, Frankie Sainz for his uh, wrestling, uh, presumed wrestling advantage, even though he was the underdog. And Vera took care of business quickly, yeah. knocked him out in that first couple of minutes in that first round. Right. Uh, we were definitely got that one wrong. Uh, the next bout was um, we had picked uh, Bobby Moffat and his uh, submission proficiency, right. um, and him an kind of call, him kind of calling his shots uh, against the uh, kind of go for broke, betting on his athleticism, uh, all kind of all in all the time approach of Bryce Mitchell, which made for the fight of the night. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. Very competitive. These guys were both very cool customers when in submission danger, and uh, and Mitchell, you know, Mitchell pulled it out. 
Yeah, Mitchell pulled it out, and again, that's one of those decisions that could have easily gone either way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like I saw it as a competitive bout. I think you saw that as well. They were both kind of ground mm-hmm. guys. We expected Mitchell to get tired toward the end, and I think him just ending up on top in those last few seconds of that last round is what made the difference. Uh, Macy Barber uh, went through some tough times against J.J. Aldrich in that first round, got knocked down for the first time in her career uh, to come back and buzz her and, and beat her in that second round. Um J.J. looked like a world beater in the first round before Macy Barber hurt her. Um, a little bit surprising there, and and, uh, and and we both picked Barber, but it was surprising to see J.J. do that well in the first round. I did expect it to be, by the way, a competitive bout, maybe a, a late uh, ground pound stoppage for Barber or a decision, um, but yeah, I, I didn't expect for it to be so one-sided at every moment of that fight, one way or the other. Uh, or the other. Uh, we both got Luis, uh, Luis Pena correctly. We gave too much credit to Figueredo and did not uh, uh, realize yeah, his, really did. his lack. Uh, he does keep getting taken down. And I realized this, and I still valued his athleticism advantage over Juicy Ju- Formiga. Uh, Formiga actually has been training with American Top Team. And once I saw that just before the fight started, uh, one of the announcers said it, and I realized, wow, he's going to have he's definitely going to have the game plan advantage here. Mm-hmm. And I realized he followed the exact same game plan against Davidson Figueredo as he did against his former opponent, uh, uh, Pettis, uh, the, the younger Pettis. Sergio uh, Pettis. Sergio Pettis. Um, Formiga makes you believe in that first round that he is all in to strike, and he shows good technique, and he shows a willingness to get into the pocket. And then he uses that opportunity to get a late takedown. And once he takes you down, you're probably not getting up. And that was the case here with Figueredo, as he did that every single round, got the takedown in every round, and, uh, and scored a decision in which there wasn't a lot of damage done, I'd say, either way. McDessey versus Pinedo. I thought that was actually a value bet on Pinedo because he was a big underdog. Yeah. But it was a somewhat competitive bout. It's unfortunate because Pinedo has, you know, like, he, he, he tried, like, at moments, he tried with offense and he looked really good, but then he stopped trying. Yeah, I did. He didn't seem, whether it was composure or what, he did not seem like a UFC ready fighter to me. Um, you know, and McDessey played it safe as maybe he should against a, a, a guy who was not expected to. Um, really compete with him, but he went uh, he went full point uh, taekwondo. Basically, yeah, uh, which has been his style, I think, for for a, a uh, while he's, now. He's gotten into he's gotten into some brawls, but it uh, not it usually was... not usually of his own volition. He's not necessarily right, the one right. pushing for a brawl. Uh, if a guy will go Ross forward, Pearson, and push for him. example, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, it's everyone can get in a brawl with with Ross Pearson. Um, True, so and someone else was fighting on, on on tonight's card. By yeah, the way, it was a boring fight, and then. Uh, Wait, you thought it was boring? Macbessie well, Pineda? Yes. You're right. The majority of it was boring. It just seemed like when Pineda tried with all yeah, things, I think that it was, was a, exciting I, for I a think that was a combined time. 45 seconds. You're probably time. right. <laughs> I think you're right, and that's why he lost the decision. Uh, Curtis Blades dominated Justin Willis. Uh, Nick, I didn't expect this. I think you did. I expected this to be a competitive bout in which Willis avoids takedowns and does okay on the feet, um, but I did pick Blades. I, I consider Justin Willis a value bet here. He got dominated. This was not a competitive bout. Yeah, Curtis Blades looked like the second coming of young Cain Velasquez. This fight, he, he, he just, did, but he's a bigger man he's a big, too. He's big, and I and uh, so I think one of the uh, commentators said it. He's like, or maybe it was someone wrote, and I read about it. But when you see Blades perform like this, and like he has in all of his fights except for these two, against it makes Ngannou. you it makes you wonder like how good is Ngannou? <laughs> because well, it's not. Is it is how it, good is Ngannou, or is it just how? Truly powerful he is. It doesn't matter oh, that you're a better fighter than Nagano is if he can just land one strike. Yes. Well, chances are he's going to find a way to land one yeah. strike. He just needs one, right? Yeah. 
It's uh, I don't know that we've seen anybody like that who's been as successful as Ngannou has for as long as yeah, he has. I, I'd imagine that can only really work at heavyweight. Imagine a one twenty five pounder who has that kind of superpower, but no, like very little other skill. Super athletic, hits right. extremely no, it's, hard. It's a heavyweight quality. Yeah, right? it's, it's a it's a quality that can only do well at heavyweight. Yep. I think. Excuse me. Back, back, to, back to earlier in the card, though, it is interesting to see a woman with Macy Barber's power because that's two fights in a row. Because you hurt. Uh, the very talented and strong Hannah Sifter in her first fight, uh, pretty bad. And then you she love beat up. Hannah I do love Ciphers. Hannah Cyphers, yes. I do love Hannah Cyphers. But she really nailed Aldridge. Like, you don't see um, female fighters as tough as Aldridge, especially, respond to shots like that. I agree. Where, like, Barber, Barber can just shut people down. So that's why I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, where she goes. Um, what else did we have? We had the main event, right? We Oof. had, yeah. Well, Anthony we got Pettis this one wrong. Everyone, everyone, got, everyone got this one wrong. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. Stephen Thompson uh, if, got this one wrong. Like, we, we got this one right, except for about one second of the bout, where Anthony Pettis landed that one shot and ended the night. Stephen Thompson was dominating up until then. He hit him. Ju- I mean, it did not. He did, I, I don't think Thompson saw it coming. It must have hit him right on the button. It did not seem. Sometimes guys get hit with shots where you're like, it doesn't. You don't. I'm trying to think of it. Didn't Kung Lee KO Franklin on uh, a shot? I actually think y- yes. Like I'm just trying to think of shots where you're like, wait a minute, how did this? Ha-? Like where yeah. guy, where I, I it's not like it's not like Pettis is known for uh, no, and for it's not like Thompson guys. is known for getting knocked out. However, He's not. I have this going He's theory. Buzzed, but Thompson is one of these guys that goes into my theory of. If you get knocked da- knocked down, if you get buzzed in a bunch of fights in a row, uh-huh. um, he got knocked down against Woodley both times. Uh, yes. Thompson did. Um, uh, he got. Uh, he didn't take uh, damage against Masvidal, really. Uh, Masvidal, I don't remember him getting getting hurt. Uh, Darren Till, he got he, did he, he got get, buzzed. Did by. he get buzzed by him? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if he went down, but he certainly got buzzed, shaken. Um, it 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 adds up at the end of the day. Like, yeah. like it's the same thing with Cain Velasquez, where well, Cain Velasquez actually has been fighting so sporadically that it, that that his chin kind of gets a chance to really heal up yeah. in between his belts. But yeah, this is going to be a bad one for well, Thompson. I think he's going to be a lot more susceptible to knockouts. He's also thirty six. Yeah, that's a factor. There's yeah. no doubt. He had a whole he had a whole career before his UFC career. I think I mentioned last week on our podcast that Thompson is actually on the decline, but Pettis is further down on that decline, and chin wise. It looks like Thompson now, as of this moment, is 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 on a lower decline. That chin can't can't realistically take major shots after getting slapped so so badly. Also, it's a knockout where both guys were literally midair when, uh, or at least a millisecond after the punch landed, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, Pettis being midair because he was throwing that Superman yep. overhand sort of, and uh, yeah, it was a Superman right, right, and yeah, and it just took Thompson off his feet. Uh, Pettis also not known for his power punching. It's it's a yeah. weird thing that I think is kind of unpredictable. Except for the argument that Pettis was not worried about the takedown, which lets him really free up with his with his right. stand up, which uh, it's usually the takedown pressure fighters that give him a lot of trouble. Um, um, so in addition to the card, there was lots of stuff. Uh, so we tied. So we're four, yes. two, and three now. Four, two, and three. That's right. Yeah, yeah four, two, two, and many three. Ties, Nick. Well, uh, we're, we have great analytic ability. Um, Apparently, Sharon <laughs> had a great analytic ability. Right. So Conor McGregor retired again. Uh, yeah, you know, for a guy, I think is he still in his twenties? This is his second Probably retirement. 30. Uh, he, he is 30 now. This is his second retirement, Nick. I mean, imagine by the time he's 35, he might have seven or eight of them. Yeah. When he finally actually retires, not a single soul will believe that. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to show up at WrestleMania. I don't know if this has to do with the sexual, the sex assault charge um, he's facing in Ireland. I think he. It's like it's a negotiating tactic, and the UFC won't give him a piece. And he's, 
you know, he hasn't won many fights except against Alvarez, a guy who I who I always think should have been fighting at, at a featherweight. Um, so he's, you know, I, and and with ESPN now, I don't know that they, you know, Ariel Hawani was saying that they need him more than ever, and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that they do. I do think they need him. I think they have John Jones, and that softens the blow of not having him. Because yeah. John Jones is about uh, he's, he's a, worth he's about half a pay per view number. Yeah, he's very yeah. active. But, but he's you're right. He's way more active, even though he can only bring in about half the pay per view numbers. Um, presumably, the UFC will be making a lot more money per pay per view now that they've got this new partnership exclusively with with his ESPN. Um, I actually think that for McGregor, it was absolutely a negotiating point. It's worked for him before. I think this time though, the difference is that he's got a serious issue in his personal life. Yeah, in, in his in his PR life as well. In the sexual assault right. uh, allegation from Ireland, and and I think that's exactly why Dana's response to it was to call his bluff. Dana said, "Yeah, you know, he should Good retire. Him, it makes yeah. sense. He's got his whiskey business. Br- br- brilliant on Dana's part. Clearly, they're playing uh, uh, they're playing this uh, negotiating game in public, and it's fascinating to watch. But again, like McGregor, like he needs other ideas. If you're 30 years old and you're probably past your athletic peak and you're worth at least 100 million dollars." Do you want to get in a cage with Khabib Nurmagomedov again? Because I, I don't. If I, think I, I love spend... attention, and I probably can't get it any other way. Not with Khabib, oh. but I'd, I'd be down to get in there with Nate Diaz. Or Cerrone. Donald Cerrone. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Those are the, the, those are winnable fights for him. Nate Diaz is probably the only fighter that's partied more than Conor over the last Probably. Two and or three and you know what? The the last time he came off a party boat to, to get on a fight with Conor, he did pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I it's it's a it's clearly a, a kind of a public negotiation that's going on right now. Dana just said that they kind of texted about it a little bit and Dana want, basically right. basically says if Conor wants a piece of the UFC, he needs to buy into it, which I think is not an unreasonable argument dana also said we can even talk about you know uh, taking some of his pay and turning that into equity um I, I i don't think it's unreasonable i think they will figure something out uh conor mcgregor will fight again he wants it nick like what else will he do the man loves to stay relevant he needs it he can't just disappear like ronda rousey he needs that attention he needs to stay relevant he needs to be believed to be a badass or the best at something whether it be self-promotion or or MMA. I, th- I think he could end up in WWE. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what he does. I, th- um, I, th- I think that the only way that happens is if somehow his UFC contract allows for it. Um, I'll bet the UFC has him in a long-term contract. And I'll bet he'd, he'd have a real hard time uh, competing anywhere, anywhere right. in the U.S. at least. Listen, he can make yeah. probably a lot of money in Japan, but then he'd kind of become a joke. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that that would be a serious move for him. One FC might be an option. I don't know that one cares whether or not like the UFC feels like they have... Uh, they have uh, contract power over him. I right. don't know that that's an issue in Singapore. Um, so and then a bunch of interesting fights were made. We had uh, Jones versus Santos, which uh, I don't know about you. To me, it's, it seems a lot like Jones versus uh, Teixeira with a little more speed. I think jo- I think Jones does what he wants um, and probably picks him apart. The problem is is that no no one is as good of a th- no one thinks and controls things as well as Jones does. He's a great he's a great chess player. And sure, Santos was patient in his last fight, but he's not a chess player. And I think Jones is gonna is gonna pick him apart, drive him crazy, eventually get him down, and uh, and hammer him out. But I think it probably I think moments of it could look like uh, the Glover Teixeira fight, where Jones engages him in clinch fighting and just totally outclasses him. Yeah, I mean the question is, I guess will Jones finish? He doesn't. He often fights kind of down to his competition. 
and Santos is powerful and explosive, and he might give yeah. Jones the opportunity to the, the the urgency, the feeling of urgency to finish him on the ground because I think Jones can get on top and do whatever he wants. I think that's likely. Um, if Musasi can just ground Santos and pound him out in in a couple of minutes, I tend to think that uh, that although Musasi may have caught him with a big punch, uh, I, I might be conflating that victory with his victory over Uriah Hall. Musasi's victory over Uriah Hall. Uh, yeah. Again, this is like a tour of Jones down to 185, essentially, right? He's he's beating all these. Well, before he goes, 15. probably to, to to heavyweight because there was talk of him fighting Stipe just before this came out. Which what was, was fascinating. the point of that? Why would he bring that up the just, day before? They just start, I don't know. Who the knows? day before Santos Jones is announced, why would he downgrade the Santos Jones announcement yeah, by really offering did. something better? I don't know. He yeah. overpromised and underdelivered. Um, yeah, Santos can always land a big strike. I don't expect him to have much of a shot against Jones. No. We're just experiencing Jones going. Same thing on as his, Anthony Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're just seeing Jones going on like, his run of beating it's up. It's like Anderson Silva against Tali Tali Slaitis kind of fight, or against Patrick Cote. I just hope that they give Johnny Walker and uh, Dominic Reyes more time, and I hope that they don't serve those guys up to Jones next. Jones, if he's smart, should want to fight them ASAP. I, I just think it would be great if they got the chance to develop. Otherwise, we have a situation like with Mighty Miles Johnson down at 125 right. where the number 11 and 12 ranked guys are, are, are getting a title shot on a two-fight winning streak because he's already beaten everybody else once right. or twice. I'd um, actually like to see Reyes fight Walker. Uh, we also have uh, Nunez versus Holm. I love Holly Holm, but I don't – I just – I don't think she's got much of a shot. It's just an obligatory thing where home has got to fight she's every half so name many. in the industry. It's just how it works. She's out. Yeah, she's. Out, I, re, I mean, I would it'd be great if home uh, won the fight. I, I like her. I like them both a lot. I just. Uh, I think it would be unfortunate if home won, just because Amanda Nunes is, is building a serious resume for herself. If she mm-hmm. can beat home, like we're talking about, three of the biggest wins in the history of women's. She's MMA. the greatest women's MMA fighter. I mean, time. she already is. Yeah. I don't think home would would make that difference. Obviously, if home beats her, then that may be in dispute. Because uh, home did have a competitive fight with Cyborg, yeah. Uh, this is a, a nice, a nice kind of uh, semi layup for Nunez. Um, home can make it boring, unfortunately, and I and I hope Nunez won't let her. And home doesn't necessarily push to the point where Nunez should get exhausted in a five round fight. Um, anyway, so yeah. who to race? And I, I'm kind of bummed that's happening. Uh, what would you rather happen? Um, I mean, race against one of the other, um, you know, 135 contenders like Munoz. Um, like Munoz or uh, what's his name, Peter uh, Peter Yan. I I I I think this is a it's a very more interesting fight. overall matchup. It, it is. I just don't like. It. I mean, if they're, I only like this fight if they're closing down one twenty five, which they're not. I hope they're not. I really do. At least we have. I they think haven't the announced it's coming alive, man. They haven't announced it. They are, and then we've got Woodley Lawler too. And you um, know what? For the sake of one twenty five, mm-hmm. I hope that Sahuda loses and wants to wants to go back down to one twenty five. Um, we've also got Woodley and Lawler yeah. too, which has been uh, which has been arranged recently. Uh, very interesting matchup. I think it's a great fight for both of these guys, given where their careers are at this point. It's a rematch from their title fight in which Woodley knocked them out in the first round by you know uh, arguably a fluky shot that kind of came out of nowhere. Not that not that so, he doesn't have the power to knock out right. Lawler, but you know just came out of nowhere in the first round. We expect Lawler can do much better than that against a guy like Woodley. So who does so who does Askren get? Askren, um, oh, like, that's you know it's funny. Uh, yeah, that that I mean, Askren's gonna get uh, if not Masvidal, then I mean, I'd imagine he's not gonna UFC's, get Masvidal. You gotta match. I don't. I think it's crazy to not match Masvidal up with Pettis. Oh, that's great. 
Yeah, that, that would be great. Might as well Pettis at 170 on ESPN. That would be phenomenal. And given their knockouts in the last few weeks, yeah, that, yeah, that would just, be... It seems like be, the natural I didn't even fight. think of that. Brilliant, Nick. Uh, it's funny, both former 155-pound fighters coming up to 170 and having success. Uh, yeah, it, uh, Askren, look, I think the UFC is going to match him tough. I, I think they're going to give him a, uh, give him a tough matchup yeah. or two. Jump um, to the rankings real quick, the welterweight rankings. Yeah. Because I, I think we're... Because Co- Covington's going to get Usman. Uh, so we've got Tyron Woodley, Kobe Covington, Stephen Thompson, and Dos Anjos, and Masvidal as the top five under Kumaru Usman. Hmm. Um, Askren at number six. How the hell did he get? I'm sorry. How the hell did he get into number six? How is he above Santiago Ponzinibbio? This frustrates me, man. It really does. Yeah. How is he above Leon Edwards? Like, what is right, happening right. with these That's rankings, crazy. man? They maybe give yeah. Maybe they do Askren Edwards, or they do maybe they do if they or they do Masvidal uh, Edwards. They're not going to do Pettis Askren. They train together. Um, also, that would yeah. be a really unfortunate fight to watch. Yes, it um, would. RDA. I I'm not really interested in Askren versus RDA. But. I, I think, didn't they already book Rafael Dos Anjos versus yes, Kevin Lee? They did. Which I, which I think is an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, I think Kevin Lee is going to take that. I think I think RDA is his best days of the past. Had a conversation with my best friend about that battle in particular today, and he convinced me that Kevin Lee should, should have uh, a good size edge in that one. I, I, I still think Dos Anjos' pressure can make for a rough fight for Kevin Lee in the fourth and fifth rounds. It's possible. Um, yeah, no, it's, but, it's possible. But, it's, but I see the argument of Kevin Lee's uh, wrestling working early and, and him putting on enough pressure early to, to maybe rack up some yeah. damage from top of the R- RDA had a period of, of like uh, 24 to 36 months where he was putting it all together and he was able to finish guys and he looked like one of the best in the world. And he just, it, it, I feel like it vanished as quickly as it, <laughs> as quickly as it came. Yep. But that's, I mean, that's athletics for you. So... USPN, uh, USPN, UFC on ESPN2, uh, Barboza, Barboza versus, versus Gagey. Let's talk picks. This main event is uh, is really interesting. I know Barboza trains with, with great guys in New Jersey, with Ricardo Almeida and Mark Henry and Betty Alvarez and Frank Yicker and, um, and uh, Marlon uh, by, Marais. By the way, I believe Barboza switched to American Top Team. I really? That. Yeah. Wow, I'm yeah. really surprised. Me too. I okay. Um, maybe he just wanted to live in Florida. I don't know. I wouldn't blame uh, him one bit. But I think here, here's what I think. I think that Barboza can dish out a tremendous amount of punishment. Um, I think most of it's going to be to the legs and the body. I think that Gagey can take a tremendous amount of punishment. And in answering back, I don't believe that Barboza is going to be able to take many shots from Gagey. So here, I just I just think that Barboza needs to. Uh, push for a decision, um, and I think that he'll get caught before that. I think Gagey knocks him out in the first or second round. I just think Barboza is too hittable. He's shown a, a very questionable chin, and he, and he hangs it out there sometimes, and Gagey finds chins. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. So my initial thought when I heard about this matchup was the style matchup clearly favors Gaethje. He is the pressure fighter. Mm-hmm. He can take damage, and he can keep waiting forward and, and, and keep putting hands on you, and he has power. And Barboza doesn't necessarily respond well to pressure fighters. No. Um, but then my thought was Gaethje's actually not very technical at all, and Barboza not only uh, used to train with Eddie Alvarez, who beat uh, Justin Gaethje, I assume, when they were actually training together, but he now trains with Dustin Poirier, who recently beat Justin Gaethje. These two men know what it takes in order to beat that guy, and he's got experience in, in the training room with both of them. Um, 
So I'm, I'm leaning Gaethje at this moment mm-hmm. for one main reason, is that I assume that Gaethje's forward pressure will make it very difficult for Barboza to be able to throw and get off his kicks. Barboza needs a moment yep. to plant his feet before yes. he explodes with those roundhouses. Um, and and Gaethje is, is not really presumably going to leave him much room for that, unless Barboza can get a lot of damage in early. I think if Barboza can switch kick him to the body, that's going to be a big factor here. Gaethje is going to continually land that right leg kick, and I think Barbosa is pretty good at checking those. Um, and it usually happens at the end of Gaethje's own offense or at, at the end of uh, when, some, when somebody's throwing a combo at Gaethje. Gaethje might just respond with purely a leg kick on the way out. Um, I'm giving Gaethje the edge because I think he's going to close enough room to, to make it difficult for Barbosa to plant his feet and kick. I see kind of Barbosa working his way around the cage and, and, and Gaethje regularly pressuring him forward. I can also see Barboza landing a flying knee or spinning heel kick as Gaethje wades forward. That's probably his main way to victory after softening mm-hmm. up, uh, up with some body shots. Uh, Barboza, uh, Justin Gaethje got beat by two guys in the UFC, Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez. Those are two guys that they're, they're happy to stay in that pocket. They have great hands. They have serious power. Right. And they can take some offense as well. They're tough as hell. Um I don't know that Barboza has the hand, the power in his hands Doesn't to be able to do that. His hand. My, he's my, fast, but will he land hard enough and enough shots? My biggest knock hurt. on him is that he's not durable. And Gagey, I know he's taken a tremendous amount of damage. I, we've seen no evidence that he's not still durable as hell. So, well, uh, besides his two losses, yeah, but they were late. Lo- I mean, they were late fight losses. Round three and round four TKOs. This this fight is going five rounds. And part of the question is, yeah, like how much damage can Barbosa get in early? It does seem like it is about who can take the most damage in this one. And although you say Barbosa is not durable, I think I think once a fight truly goes against him, it's tough for him to come back with anything but a one strike uh, knockout. Um, but but the question is. Can he let that happen against a non-wrestler? Because it's usually the wrestlers that that, that do that to Barboza. Well, Gagey can wrestle. Uh, Gagey can wrestle, but does he? No, I mean, not, not, not much. Not at all. I don't, like, yeah. he, he actually proudly proclaims that he only uses it defensively. Um, we've only heard about Gagey's wrestling. Have we ever really seen him do it offensively? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to Gagey for the pressure for the okay. pr- pressure factor. But I absolutely can see Barboza out-techniquing him sure. early and it's, racking it's, up body it's damage possible. to finish. possible. I just have a feeling he's going to find that chin. Uh, the next fight, the co-main event, Jack Hermanson uh, against David Branch, a, uh, a battle of the uh, middleweights. David uh, Branch has a record of twenty-two and five, and Jack Hermanson eighteen and four. Um, it is a it, it pick, uh, odds wise, it's a very close bout. Yeah, Branch is getting up there in years. He hasn't looked great in his UFC run, or he looks great until he doesn't. I agree. That's like, a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, like against Rockhold, he, he was he looked terrific in the first round against Rockhold. He really did. Um, and he had a great fight. Uh, he floored uh, Tiago Santos. Um, it does seem like he can't. If you take the guy down, Branch, it does seem like that's where he ends up getting in trouble. Yes. And at that's least, what happened against Jared. Ca- that's what wasn't he didn't get flattened out on his belly against Jared Cannonier. Uh, it was against Luke Rockhold. I'm not sure what the finish yeah. against Cannoneer looked like, to be honest with you. I can't quite remember. But I remember being very impressed with Cannoneer after the bout. I know it was a TKO in the second round. I'm just not sure if it started on the feet. I, I would imagine that it did. And then he finished them with ground and pound is what I assume. Um, so, yeah, D- David Branch has shown a quite, you know a chin that can't necessarily take all, of, all that much offense as well uh, at some points in his career. And he's coming off of a knockout from uh, about five, six months ago. However, he's fighting Jack Hermanson, 
who who is four and one in his last five bouts. He lost that fight to Tiago Santos, which is really nothing to be ashamed of. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was Cannonier on the feet that hurt him. It looks like as we kind of rewatch a bit of a replay here, slow motion GIF. Right. Uh, so so her, her, I I'm gonna give the edge to Dave Branch here. I, I realize that Hermanson's like an up-and-coming guy who's on his way up, and Branch is literally the opposite on his way down. I do think Branch has skills in so many departments, and Hermanson seems to need to be on top in order to do – and he does serious, serious damage from on top. Um, and I know that Dave Branch showed a weakness uh, in that regard against Luke Rockhold, but I'm still going to give Dave Branch the edge here and assuming that he won't be taken down and assuming that he won't get rocked big time on the feet – like he did against Cannonier. Like he did against Cannonier. It was a very hard hitter, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Branch, but, uh, but but I could certainly see Hermanson ending up on top and pounding him out. Yeah, I'm also picking Branch here. So we're <laughs> so, so far we're all tied two, up. Two, we're well, this next one might two. might be, because this, this is kind of a pick and fight, Josh Emmett against Michael Johnson. Josh Emmett's first fight, I think, since he had that throwdown with Jeremy Stevens. Yes. Um, and he had a big win before that. Who did Josh? Who did, oh, he, he knocked, knocked out, out um, Ricardo Lamas. Lamas yeah. Ricardo Lamas. Ricardo Lamas, exactly. Um, I like I like Josh Emmett in this fight. I, I I've been a big fan of Michael Johnson. Um, he has some problems though. He has problems with composure. He has uh, he starts fast and and can kind of fade. And he's one of those guys who seems to find a you know snatch defeat from the jaws of victory a lot. And uh, I just I think that I think Emmett's just and I, I think Emmett's you know he took a, he did something smart he took a long break after losing that fight to Stevens, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come back and give uh, give Michael Johnson all sorts of problems. You're right. He actually took a year off. Um, I do think he had a broken orbital bone though. I think part of the break might be that he had no actual choice. From what I understand, he had vertigo after that bout. Oh really? Knockout. Yeah, because he he was rocked. And then Jeremy Stevens just slept him. Uh, he won the first round, if I remember. Uh, he did because he knocked down Jeremy Stevens. Right. Jeremy Stevens was was kind of waiting forward with the offense. Yeah, and then Jeremy Stevens hulked up. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so quite, quite I, literally. I think. Uh, yeah, I think Michael Jack Michael Johnson's been kind of hanging around, um, for a while, and I just, I think he's kind of peaked and is on the downturn, and I think Josh Emmett is is kind of rising. Yeah, initially I I agreed with you as of this moment, and this may change again. I've gone back and forth on this bout as well. Mm-hmm. At this moment, I, I'm going to give a slight edge to Johnson's speed advantage. The fact that Johnson hits very hard with Does. the left hand, yep. and Emmett was just knocked out in his last bout. Also, the fact that Johnson has been looking a lot more patient in his last two bouts against Artem Lobov and Andre Philly. Granted, Artem Lobov isn't exactly the highest level of fighter in the world. Uh, not a dissimilar body type from Josh Emmett. Um, he, he's more stationary than Emmett is. Emmett uses a lot of footwork. It's just that Emmett doesn't really look great after the first round. It seems like he looks pretty good in that first one, and then second round on is when things tend to fall apart for him, or at least that he tends to look less effective. Um, so I'm going to give it to Johnson because he's been very patient against Philly and Lobov. He kept himself at a distance and landed that very quick left hand. I know that Emmett is also fairly quick and might be one of the quicker guys that Michael Johnson's fought. Um, I, as of now, I'm giving Johnson the, the edge here. Also, the, the, the damage that Emmett took in his last bout, I know it was a year ago, but it was a broken orbital bone. He apparently uh, you know, had trouble with vertigo. Wow, it, Emmett's it, old, Emmett is older than Michael Johnson. 
Yeah, he's he, he's a he's a young guy in MMA years because he hasn't doesn't have a, a he only has like fourteen or fifteen fights. But I do believe he's in his mid thirties. What is he? Thirty four. He's right? thirty four, and Johnson's only thirty two. Uh, yeah, but uh, Johnson certainly has more MMA miles. Um, yeah. Uh, ex- again, except for that, the last little while, because Johnson has momentum going his way with two wins at, at featherweight at one forty five, whereas Emmett took the most gruesome and, and horrifying knockout right. of his career. And, and Johnson has fought ridiculous competition. Absolutely ridiculous he, competition. He really has the best of the best in the weight division above. I, I agree with you there. Um, so we, we, we do differ on that one as well. We've got two. Oh, no, just That's that just first. that bout that we differ on. Cool. Uh, next up, we got see, maybe this one too. Uh, Michelle Watterson, who is sixteen and six in the UFC, trains with uh, Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn, uh, fighting Carolina Kowalkowicz, who is twelve and three, who trains with uh, with her regular team back in Poland, uh, Sharp Top Team. Um, it's an interesting matchup between two girls that that have bring a lot of experience to the fold. Watterson, I think, has been looking pretty darn good lately. Yeah, um, she's she's been cleaning up and making better decisions in there. Is is I think the best way to put it. Whereas she had all the skills in, in her couple of losses in the UFC, but she wasn't necessarily putting them together. Wins over Felice Herrig and Courtney Casey are very different from Carolina Kowalkiewicz, though. Um, and uh, I can absolutely see uh, Watterson actually out, potentially out wrestling her maybe and getting on top and. and ground positioning her, but I'm going to trust in Kowalkiewicz's uh, clinch game and her overall striking game. She she's fun. She she relies on her fundamentals. She doesn't get fancy, uh, but she is really good at those fundamentals, and they tend to work out for her. I'm going to give Carolina the edge here, and I also think she might be a little bit bigger than Watterson, who might be a little bit more athletic. Oh, she's definitely going to be bigger than Watterson because Watterson. I mean, let's face it, Watterson's a natural atom weight. Yeah, she she could and should be she, a one hundred five or five three. She by the way, uh, both of them are five three. Um, and uh, Kolkavich, which is how I'll say it, which is <laughs> it may or may not be right. I mean, she's fought, she's fought a who's who, and she's got the win over Nami Yunus. But it seemed to me that mentally, the fight against uh, Joanna Giajeko, she you know Joanna Champion and Claudia Gadea, that quick loss. Then she won a fight against uh, Jody Escobil, like a big step down in competition there, um, and then sneaked by with a split decision over Felice Herrig before getting floored by Jessica Andrade. I just want, what I wonder about is her place psychologically versus Watterson, who for it very it seems very happy all the time when she's fighting, and like this is all gravy. True. She's, and you she's know, getting promoted she's a big little, time by the UFC. Yes, she's a little bit... Um, how old is? I believe they're both the 33. Hottie. They're both 33, 34. Yeah, they're both 33. Um, both the same height, and uh, Kowalkiewicz has a bit of a reach advantage. Yeah, I just she those she has seen over on after her three recent losses, out of five fights, one of one of the victories was a split decision. She's just looked kind of broken and searching for answers. Yeah, like she does not, you know. Um, I hear that, and I. Do I think she's capable of, of winning that fight? I think she's I think she's a great striker and that she's bigger. Uh, I do think that she's that she's bigger, um, but the tenacity of Watterson. Um, you think might, the difference here? Uh, this is a really really tough one for me to call because my I'm gonna I don't think here's what here's what I think I still think that uh, Carolina uh, Kowalkiewicz needs. 
need to kind of get right opponent or more of them, especially after getting KO'd uh, by the, the now title contender, uh, Andrade. I don't think Watterson's going to give her the room to do that. I think I was a second ago. I was ready, ready to ready to pick KK, and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Karate Hottie here. Um, so we've got two. Uh, yeah, this is a close bout, Nick. Absolutely this could go either way. This is a tough one to call. Um, I agree. So, so yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not feeling strongly in either of my either of my picks that differ from yours thus far uh, tonight. So you pick your picking Carolina. I'm picking KK. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on her fundamentals and her and her experience. Also, you gotta. There's an argument to be made about Carolina. Her losses being to Jessica Andrade, Claudia Cadelia, and Joanna Janjacek, the best of the best. Undoubtedly, oh, no, I get I get it totally. It's how though it's how those losses. It's how she looked after those, last those losses. Two losses. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I hear you there. She she didn't win the most exciting decision against Jody Escabel and Felice Harris, who I think is actually pretty skilled. Um, she took her to a split she, decision. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna head over to MMA decisions and see. How I'm that, curious just how close that bat actually was. I can't remember. Uh, next up, while you do that, yep. Nick, we've got Paul Craig against Kennedy Enzichuku. Uh, now I may be mispronouncing that. In fact, I'm definitely mispronouncing that. <laughs> uh, but 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 uh, basically a prospect versus kind of you know, veteran with holes kind of kind of uh, matchup. I think the main question is is Kennedy ready. For the UFC, like no doubt he will be one day, and no doubt he has the potential to be a you know a, a, a top light heavyweight. But is this too early for the guy coming in against Paul Craig, who's got several fights in the UFC, even though he's got kind of a spotty record there? What are your thoughts, Nick? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Craig. Same. He's the underdog, but but I think by a small margin, right? Uh, not that small. It's, um, Paul Craig, minus 185 plus 160. Yeah. And that's a pretty big, uh, on yeah. this card, that's one of the larger margins. Yeah. And, and you know what? G- given the kind of matchup, if, uh, was like a real finisher, um, I think those odds would have been more lopsided. Um, but you know, he, he looks raw in some of his matchups and quite frankly gets taken down in every attempt that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like I, the three fights uh, of tape that I've seen on him. He got taken down in every one of those three. Uh, a couple of them against pretty mediocre competition, or, or at least so it looked. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that Paul Craig is able is able to get a double leg if he needs to, even against sometimes more athletic opponents like he did against Jim Crude in his last bout. If I remember correctly, he took Jim Crude right. uh, down and, and then got reversed. But it was a pretty clean takedown. His wrestling has improved over the last while. Um, I realized that Kennedy is athletic as heck. I realize he's 6'5 and has a reach that's only like an inch shorter than John Jones, but I'm going to give Paul Craig's takedown and submission ability the edge because I think there's a decent size disparity there. Even though Also, uh-huh. first time, I mean, I know he was in the Contender Series, but, uh, you know, first you, ES, ESPN card, um, are they, he's on the main card, right? I believe so, yeah. On the main card, Bright Lights, Big City, man. It's a... Uh, We've seen a lot of these guys uh, who come from the contender series and just guys, you know, highly touted athletic guys who were a little green uh, show up at the big dance and they never, very, very rarely does someone fight to their potential, especially against a crafty veteran type. I, I agree. Crafty veterans make these guys look bad. True. I'm not sure that Paul Craig is crafty, but he's able to get a takedown and he has mm-hmm. good submissions and good jujitsu which I think might be enough here. Also, I could absolutely see yeah. Kennedy surviving a rough first round coming back and, and 
I guess by crafty, I mean, I mean kind of resourceful. Yes, yeah, he's, he's certainly got more craft than Kennedy at this point, yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, Paul, I can also see Kennedy just kind of staying on the outside and, and staying on the outside and either popping in the, with a big shot eventually or just kind of making it a boring right. uh, decision. But yeah, Paul Craig's submission game, I'm going to give it the edge over the very inexperienced uh, Kennedy and Juku. Um, we've got uh, what I think will be fight of the night next up hmm. with Shaman Marias going up against Sadiq Yusuf. Shaman Marias was 11-2, and two, uh, I, I think 3-4-1 or four and one in the UFC as one loss being to the very highly touted um, uh, Zabit. Zabit Magomed Sharipov. Nicely. Uh, and, and he's fighting. I don't say that all the time. <laughs> like, like I said, I'm from the region, yeah. and that is actually two <laughs> last names in one. For some reason, his last yeah. name is. Uh, and he's fighting Sadiq Yusuf, who you know is, is a young guy coming up. Uh, actually experienced a loss in his last four bouts. Uh, but after having a, a nice contender series decision mm-hmm. over Mike Davis and then uh, getting a arguably early stoppage against Suman Maktarian in his UFC debut, he's going up against the more experienced uh, Shaman Marais. What are your thoughts on this matchup, Nick? Um, I am uh, all Marais all day. Yeah, um... Any, any anything behind it? Any particular reason? Fair. Um, so so yeah, Marice is Marice is kind of like a Barboza, except maybe with better counter punches and less explosive kicks. Uh, but he's a tough dude. He can get a little bit tired in that third round. Um, but but he's got a lot of craft. Uh, like we were talking about in the last bout, he's got a lot of that craft. He's got a lot of experience. He fought Marlon Marice back in the WSOF. Uh, oh, when, wow. when, uh, in 2015, when, you know, when, when Marais was already an established champion there and, and he was just kind of coming up at seven and oh, um, excuse me. He looked really good since then and only lost to, to beat Mokomet Sharipov by third round Anaconda choke. Since then he's looked really good against the hot prospect Julio Ars and, and, uh, looked good against Matt Sales, uh, who, who's, who's kind of a, a less than athletic prospect coming up. I'm going to give this one to Sadiq Yusuf, Nick, because mm-hmm. mostly because of the tape that I saw of his fight with Mike Davis in the Contender Series. He was going up against a very tough boxer, clearly a guy that finishes, by the way, every other one of his opponents besides Sadiq Yusuf, and he took his shots and did not hesitate for a second, rolled with the punches, and landed big, big bombs on the guy. And clearly Mike Davis was a tough guy, and he's going to be in the UFC sooner or later, and he's got two stoppage wins since that bout. Um, and he already beat a, kind of a similar uh, fighter in, in Shaman Marais in some ways. Um, I know Shaman's got more experience at a high level, but I'm going to give it to, to Sadiq. I actually think the okay. guy's got serious potential, uh, serious knockout power, serious toughness, and 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 oddly enough, enough patience considering got, he's the youngest so posting prospect. We've got a... How many fights that we're picking the opposite person at? I think that's one, two, three bouts so far. Three of the last four. Way better than the last time. Uh, This next fight, I'm going to go with the odds makers here. I liked uh, liked what I saw from Marina Rodriguez in her fight against Rana Marcos. And Jessica Aguiar, uh, despite her success in World Series of Fighting, hadn't looked that good in UFC. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. Um, Aguilar has the skill to take her down and control her. I'm just not going to trust it. I'm going to trust a Marina Rodriguez. Well, who, she fought who, to a draw me? with Ronda Marcos as Jessica Aguilar. Yeah, it was, to... it was an uneventful second and third round in which she yeah. arguably squeaked it out, and then first round was a dominant Ronda Marcos round. Um, and and so yeah, I'm I'm giving it to Rodriguez because Aguilar just looks like absolute crap for the past 
several years, and it's hard <laughs> to believe she's once she was once considered the best strawweight in the world. Yeah. Um, Des Green versus Ross Pearson, another veteran oh. versus actually kind of a veteran prospect-ish fight. Um, yeah, it's hard to pick Des Green even well for a couple of reasons. One, he, he killed a lady in a car. Des Green did? Uh, yeah, not too long ago. Wow. Right, but right before, no right before his last fight, uh, he was—I don't know if he was on his cell phone. I can't remember the details, but he was. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, in Florida, uh, he was in a car accident. A woman was killed, and it seemed like he was at fault. Oh my god. Uh, so that kind of is a, a bummer. I don't no know if joke. he was committing a crime necessarily, but yeah. it sucks. Did he like grab a, a handful of cash and run out of the car right after it happened? No, no, nothing like that. No, no, I don't no think so. Not the John Jones thing. Oh, I forgot what you. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah, you were like, where are you coming yeah, from? He was like, yeah, he was. He found a pregnant lady and kicked her. Oh man, <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> so I mean, Ross, Ross Pearson has been looking surprisingly decent and showing a good chin lately. Which well, is all, the part I feel like he's had a, me. He's always had a, a pretty good. Uh, no shame. No shame looking to Dan losing to Dan Hooker by knockout. But I, I thought he won. I thought he won that Stevie Ray fight. If, if I remember I correctly. I think I may have I believe well. that I know it was I, super close. I have felt like Ross has gotten jobbed on the scorecards a lot. I think against, Di- pardon me, against Diego Sanchez, he got jobbed on the cards. I hear that. Um, when was, yeah, that was a, well, that was a long time ago. Uh, I mean, he's certainly eaten, he's eaten a lot, taken a lot of damage. He's definitely towards the end of his career. Um, do I think he's got enough to put out Des Green? Probably not. I have to. I have. To, I just. I think that. I think that Pearson's just too shop worn. Um, I do I, think the fight's closer than the minus four fifty plus three sixty. That's insane, Nick. I just. I just looked at the odds for this fight. That yeah. is unbelievable, considering Ross Pearson does not look that bad at all, and Des Green does not really have knockout power. And Pearson has more impressive uh, wins. I, I'm sure. Record. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Des Green here too, mostly because of just Ross Pearson uh, figuring out ways to lose competitive fights, and Des Green tends to have competitive fights, and sometimes he figures out a way to lose them too. But I just think Des Green is kind of younger in his career, trains with a better team at this point, and and is coming into his own a little bit with the striking where he's comfortable with it. He does have the potential for takedowns as well. So I'm going to go with Des Green here. I expect it to be yeah. a, a, an unexciting fight, not without Pearson trying though. With Green just kind of keeping him at jabbing range. Do you, let me ask you a question as a combat sports athlete. Do you think Ross Pearson picked the wrong sport and that he should have been a pro boxer? I feel like from a from a, a fight style and from a body type point of view, yeah, he, seems to, he seems to me like a guy that would have would have had a, a lot of success boxing. I don't know if he I don't know if he has fought if he has boxed professionally. Um, yeah, but you've got to be like you've got to be so excellent in, in, in at that slip and rip that Ross Pearson right. is excellent at MMA. But for boxing standards, be I, I, yeah, I'd be somewhat surprised if it really stood up. But yeah, you might be right. That's where most of the strength is. And imagine if you never had to worry about uh, first of all four ounce gloves hitting him in the jaw, and second, if you never had to worry about uh, a, a takedown, if you never had to worry about the ground game. It's a fair point. It would be. It, it would have been interesting to see had he started from all over if he had gone into boxing. Um, so we're running low on time, and you were probably going. We're probably going to discuss a few bet, uh, uh, betting picks. Um, I, I, don't have, I don't have. I don't have any prepared, betting. but yeah, looking at these uh, odds, uh, I, I can see some value bets here. Yeah, but let's um, uh, let's zip through this last bunch. Uh, Enrique Barzola, Kevin Aguiar. Who you have? Um, I'm giving it to Barzola for experience, but Aguiar looks like a pretty serious prospect. Is he related to, to? Is he a husband or? 
brother not or that I know of. Jessica here. Uh, when they're, the, same, when they're on the same card, I sometimes wonder. Yeah, he he. he uh, I don't know if the boyfriend thing would make sense with the last name, but uh, he, I, I think he's oh, notably well, younger. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he he is he is from Texas, which makes me think <laughs> so probably dumb. not 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 at all. Please. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think so. I also think he's notably younger than Aguilar, who's thirty six and he's thirty, which probably makes it a little bit less likely. Okay, good. No, I like your I like your analysis there. So I'm going with uh, Barzola here. You? Yeah, yeah, but Barzola as well. Uh, I yeah. think Kevin is basically mainly just a power kind of brawler, and he hits really hard. But Barzola, I trust him. He's he's developed a really good game, and, mm-hmm. and he can get those takedowns to score um, points. Talk to me about Kevin Holland against Gerald Mearshart. So Mearshart is an opportunist. He's a finisher, be finished kind of fighter. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy to divi- for the um, middleweight division, a relatively big guy for the middleweight division. He's slow, though. Um, and that's probably the main reason I'm giving the edge to Kevin Holland. He, Holland isn't like awesome anywhere. He's just kind of weird and wonky and wacky, mm-hmm. and he can beat guys like like uh, uh, Kevin Phillips, I, I think his name is, that, that he got kind of a, a weird decision over in his last bout. Um, John Phillips, I'm sorry, uh, before his last bout. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it to uh, I'm giving it to Holland, but I could see Mirachart's uh, finishing ability coming through, especially with his left body kick, uh, which can finish fights, I think. Uh, I'm going with Holland. Cool. Uh, also. So then we've got uh, Flyweights. Ray Borg is finally back. I think it's been a while since we've seen him, right? Yeah. Uh, since that you know, Demetrius had, Johnson loss. He had the uh, the Conor McGregor bus incident. He's had his son. has gone through several surgeries, I think, for like macroencephalitis, Mac, uh, I believe. Uh, so easy guy to root for. He- heavily yes. favored here over uh, Casey Kenny, who I believe is coming down from bantamweight. Um, does Kenny have previous? I think this is a bantamweight bout, actually. Really? Yeah, I think they're fighting at 135. Borg is, Borg is moving up? Uh, I'm, yes. fr- I'm fairly certain that no, he it is. is. Yeah. It's a, yeah, okay. So, so it's Borg's first fight at 135. Is that correct? Uh, first fight in a little bit. He moved down to 135 at some point. Moved I up believe. to 135. Moved move down to 125 is what I meant. Oh, Sorry. moved down to 125. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going with Borg here just based uh, based on experience and the guys. I feel like he's got to be super hungry. I don't know a ton about uh, Casey Kenny. I actually like Casey Kenny. Uh, like, I think he's a talented dude. He's dynamic enough. I, I think he could do some damage in the UFC. But I'm assuming Ray Borg is in a good mental space and after having had a long layoff and having the UFC experience that he should right. be able to uh, at least win a decision here. Um, so yeah, I expect to see big things from Casey Kenny, but I'm edging Ray Borg here. Uh, Marina Moroz versus Sabina Mazzo. Sabina Mazzo, I think making her UFC debut, just kind of a tall, lanky kickboxer, uh, versus Marina Moroz, who's, who, uh, has quite a bit of UFC experience, but has kind of been, uh, winning and losing lately. Granted against, uh, you know, stylistic matchups like Carlos Esparza will take her down and Angela Hill will out kickbox her. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup? She armbarred JoJo, though. Oh, yeah, and her UFC debut. Absolutely. Looked great. I, I, I was very, very excited for her. She called out uh, Joanna Jane Jacek, that very UFC debut, if I remember correctly, after armbarring Rose. That's pretty. Uh, uh, after armbarring Rose. Joanna, sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty pretty ballsy. Uh, I agree. And that's, uh, their names are so similar. That was Sabina. Who's, who, that was Sabina. Sab- uh, no, that's uh, Marina Morales. Mar- Mar- that, Marina that, Rose. That, uh, yeah, that's had several UFC bets so far. I think. Uh, I think Marina Moroz finds an arm. Um, I'm going to give the slight edge to Sabina Mazzo because Moroz doesn't really go for takedowns. Like She should have had mm-hmm. the ground and manager Rangel Hill, but she didn't go for takedowns. And Sabina Mazzo, I think, is like really tall, so she should have a height advantage uh, and and like throws really hard kicks. So I'm going to mm-hmm. give her the edge because Marina Moroz like, throws from a distance without trying to land sometimes, even okay. though I think she has like the skill advantage overall. Uh, Alex Perez versus Mark De La Rosa. Um, 
Perez is a uh, Perez. Is he the guy that fights out of Montreal? Uh, I don't. Perez, I I don't think so. No. I think he's a Team Oyama, California guy. Okay. Now. Um, I was thinking of a different. Alex he's only twenty seven years old, and he's fighting Mark De La Rosa, who's twenty four years old. Mark De La Rosa with an eleven to one record. Did he just fight recently, Mark De La Rosa? Let's take a, what was his last fight. I feel like he fought a couple cards ago. He fought Joe Joby Sanchez. Oh, uh, that was in November. Yeah, it was actually late two thousand eighteen. Um, actually, the, looked pretty good against Tim Elliott early in the guy yeah. Anaconda choke. And then went up, went on to win his next two bouts. Whereas Alex Perez um, lost his last bout to Joseph right, Benavidez. Right, I remember that. After one. a couple of uh, decision wins, actually two submission, uh, two finishes, and a decision uh, win in his first three UFC bouts. Yeah, coming off the experience, I mean, no shame in that loss. Um, True. I mean, he was that was a huge step up in competition. Yes. Um, I'm going to go with Perez here. I am too. Even though, even though I think that. Uh, De La Rosa has some talent and, mm-hmm. and, and has a future. I just think he kind of throws combos without keeping in mind what's open. He just kind of throws them because he's used to throwing them in the gym, whereas Perez throws with serious power. And I do think Perez has that potential for an anaconda or a darsh choke, which De La Rosa did get caught by in his UFC debut against Tim Elliott. So, yeah, I've got Perez here as well, who I think uh, – both of whom I think are, are talents, but I think Perez might have a bit of a higher ceiling despite the 21-5 and five record. Versus Mark Del Rosa's eleven and one. So our different picks are uh, I've got Perez. Oh no, we, our different picks are uh, I've got uh, Marina Moroz. You've got Sabina Mazo. Um, we're the same on this other stuff. Uh, I've got uh, Shaman Moraes. You've got Sadiq Yosef. We both got Craig. Uh, we're split on Waterson against KK. Uh, we both picked. We both. Did you pick Johnson or Emmett? I picked Johnson. Okay, so we have a difference there in Emmett, and we're, we have the same pick for the top two. Great. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting. I like it. We, uh, I think it's very it'll unlikely. Make for an interesting that we, night as we watch. I mean, we could tie, but. Yeah, it's cer- certainly less likely, I would say, um, yeah. th- than making all of our picks exactly identical. Um, Any, anything for the gamblers out there? Don't gamble unless you know what you're doing. Have, okay, sorry, I had to do my Yeah, d- 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 also, we're talking about gambling just for jokes. We would never do anything illegal, Nick. Am I right? Oh, um, so do, I don't know. It's like. Uh, I think I think it depends on the on state, to, and, and, and yeah. there's there's new rules now. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah. So um, I I think Mark De La Rosa at plus two eighty five might be worth a ten or fifteen buck bet. Not because I believe that Mark De La Rosa will win, but because I think he's got more skill than to be a plus two eighty five underdog. Um, and I I also think I also think Desmond Green is too big of a favorite over Ross Pearson. That could be a very competitive decision. In fact, it's likely to be a competitive decision. Desmond Green does not have knockout power. Ross Pearson has very good takedown defense. So this will be this will take place standing uh, up where Ross Pearson is more dynamic. And plus 360 leads me to think that he's worth putting 10 or 20 bucks on. Um, it, it, again, for the value bet. L- not necessarily because I give him the edge in the bout, but because I think it's a it's an almost pick em bout. My crazy case. underdog parlay would be a Pearson-Craig and then... Um... And David Branch, yeah, um, not a not a bad one. I, I would put ten or fifteen bucks on it. The odds would probably be You'd pretty be favorable with all those three, but they really all three have to come through. And, uh, and I'm not crazy about parlays involving three fighters. There's just so much risk involved when you have all the variables of MMA. I will say that we both picked Justin Gaethje for his pressure game and Barbosa's susceptibility we, to that yeah, game. We picked a lot of underdogs, and he's a plus one ten underdog. That might be worth uh, a couple of bucks there as well. Um, but he'll make you sweat for them. Oh, no doubt about it. He will take some damage on his way to a victory if he gets it. Uh, Nick, this was fun. We we actually yeah. covered a bunch of things uh, in, in a relatively pithy amount of 
uh, amount of time and under an hour. Uh, looking forward to next week where we get to just let loose and discuss some MMA news and, and, and maybe pick a subject or two that we can delve into and, and, and discuss. Maybe we'll watch that Vulcan Uzdemir uh, bout against Dominic Reyes. Oh, yeah. and, 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 live watch it, maybe? Yeah, live watch it and, and kind of give each other's takes as to what makes us think that one guy won versus the other. Uh, thank you all for listening and uh, looking forward to next week, Nick. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then the week after that, we've got a big pay-per-view card. That's right, UFC 235, in which, uh, in which, let's see, I've got it here somewhere. UFC 236, excuse me, in which Max Holloway fights Dustin Poirier uh, for the uh, lightweight interim belt. Israel Adesanya versus Kevin Gastelum for another interim belt at middleweight. <laughs> and then a fight with two guys standing in front of each other, in throwing Eric punches Anders, as hard as they Rancher. can. Eric yeah. Anders and Khalil Roundtree. Uh, just looking at the top five or six bouts, this will be an exciting card, no doubt about it. This will be an exciting main card. we got Nikita Krylov, St. Prue, Alan Joban. Uh, we, we, we've got a crazy group of guys in this card. It will be exciting, no doubt. That that uh, It might be worth the pay-per-view price, that one. Yeah, um, kind of a whack Kind of a whack undercard. Although, no way. They've Curtis Melender, we've got Bola Muhammad. Curtis uh, Melender's back versus... already? He just fought. He did, Yeah, I mean, he, he wanted to come right back after oh. getting submitted in the first round. Bola uh, Muhammad he just didn't take much damage. Too. We've got Jalen Turner, who's a prospect. Max Griffin. I like that we're starting to see. I like Max Griffin a lot. He got jobbed in his last fight. He... Yeah, and, and again, though, he just tends to under form sometimes. Who was that? And I felt like he deserved a decision. He it w- he was beating someone who's uh, not... Oh, Thiago, no, Thiago Alves. Thiago Alves, that's right. Uh, yeah. That was a ridiculous look, decision. Looking forward to breaking that down as well. Like, and shoot, we've got two weeks to prepare for this one, Nick. We better be fucking ready we'll two weeks our, from now. We'll do our homework. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great night. By the way, we should be, hopefully, iTunes approved soon, but we are already on Stitcher, and we are in on TuneIn, so check us out there as well. Uh, looking forward to next week, guys. And uh, have a good time sparring tonight, Stan. Maxim T. Thank you, sir. I can't wait. I can't wait, Dick. <laughs>